Hello everyone and welcome to episode 84 of Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for listening. And thanks to those of you out there who are finding this podcast for the very first time. Hope you check out the other episodes. My guest today is the founder of the Rose City Tango Academy in Portland, Oregon. She's been dancing all her life, having started her training at the age of three. She studied ballet, modern, and a whole bunch of other styles. Eventually, she happened upon Argentine tango. In 2011, she began teaching tango in Seattle and spent three years pretty much living on the road, traveling to teach, perform, and DJ in the U.S., Europe, and Argentina. After relocating to Portland, she started the Rose City Tango Academy, where she is committed to creating a supportive, challenging, and nurturing atmosphere for tango enthusiasts. And with me now is Liz Hutchinson. Liz, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to be talking to you. Thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah. All right. Just to jump right into things. So, Liz, you've been dancing pretty much all your life. So how did you fall in love with tango? I started dancing tango in college, mm-hmm. and um, I really fell in love with it right away. I was really lucky to have met um, a really wonderful teacher just in my personal life, and he's the one that really like pulled me into tango. Mm-hmm. And I just really, I really fell in love with, of course, the music and the movement and the music and the complex patterns. It really intrigued me. Mm-hmm. As a dancer first, um, I'm, and my teacher really pushed that into me by giving me complex patterns that would challenge my dancer brain mm-hmm. first before getting into close embrace and connection and all these things. Mm-hmm. He really managed to like intrigue me as a dancer with the patterns and the structure. And I fell in love very quickly. I loved the music and I would just go home and, and practice that molinete and try to figure out why it wasn't quite fitting with the music and why it wasn't, like how it worked. And it just really um, sparked something in me. Yeah. Did you pick it up pretty easily seeing that you've had so much dance experience prior to that? Um, I don't think anyone picks it up easily. <laughs> yeah. There were definitely some advantages mm-hmm. to having a big dance background, mm-hmm. but I definitely struggled with the same things that everyone struggles with. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult, even for dancers. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your very first tango lesson like? Do you remember? <laughs> I remember vividly, actually. Uh-huh. So my first lesson was a private lesson with the same teacher that I met at the restaurant that I worked at, mm-hmm. a regular customer. So we kind of knew each other. So I went to his apartment. He was a neighbor. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, um, this is the Molinete. Oh. And he taught me the Molinete as a solo drill. Mm-hmm. And then I think he had me do overturned ochos. Nice. But he gave me drills because, um, as he said, he, he thought it would be better for me as a dancer to be sparked as a dancer mm-hmm. than if he had invited me to his apartment, got me into close embrace, and told me to feel him, and mm-hmm. might have scared me off. <laughs> <laughs> it was really like learning some about structure and the musicality of the turn and kind of gave me these dancer challenges mm-hmm. of doing those things on my own. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of the lesson. And I was like totally blown away and my brain was working and the wheels were turning. It was mm-hmm. great. And then I think he, he kind of slowly took me through the basics that we all learn of starting to walk and, and do you know some rock turns maybe in that first lesson. Mm-hmm. But I definitely remember mostly learning that molinete, trying to figure out why it was only six counts. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, just really being thrown into like a, a physical and mental challenge. I went home and I practiced it and practiced it and practiced it and mm-hmm. yeah, never looked back. So what was your very first time at a Malanga like? I don't remember my first time specifically at a Milanga, but at a mm-hmm. practica. Okay. I do remember. I had done a couple months of these private lessons and then my teacher moved and I went, okay, now I need to, I'm going to have to go do this tango thing mm-hmm. for real. <laughs> so I looked up places to go and I found a practica by my house, a Tuesday nights of the century in Seattle. Mm. And I just showed up. I thought, well, I'll just go and try. And I spent a lot of the time watching mm-hmm. because I didn't know anyone then mm-hmm. because I had only been dancing in private lessons. I hadn't really met a lot of people yet, but some people were nice enough to dance with me. Yeah, I'm really thankful for Mm -hmm. that. I had really, really friendly and friendly people and nice dancers kind of take me under their wing Mm -hmm. early on. Nice. Yeah. So eventually you became a teacher. So how how did you uh, start teaching? Can you describe that journey? Yeah, I started teaching. I think the first time I started teaching was at my teacher's school. Okay. So my teacher had, was James Friedgen, mm-hmm. and he had a tango school in Seattle at the time. Mm-hmm. And so he invited me to start teaching there, mm-hmm. uh, which was a nice way to begin because I was teaching his curriculum. Mm-hmm. So every class, I'd say, okay, week two of Tango 102, we learned this step. And so there was a set curriculum, a set structure for each class mm-hmm. um, at the beginning. So that was really my, my way in. And then I think the next thing I kind of started doing, the first thing I started doing on my own was teaching technique classes, Mm -hmm. drill classes before the practicas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like what you said about the individual exercises because we as students tend to remember those a lot more clearly than a lot of the things we go over in group classes. And that really does help (laughs) cement that that technique. Yeah, I think that, you know, drills really hold everyone accountable for themselves. Mm -hmm. And you can't, you can't blame your partner when you're doing a drill by yourself. Right. You can't kind of rely on your partner and then try to get them to fix it for you mm-hmm. or anything like that. It kind of puts everyone in the frame of mind of, oh, my balance is, you know, my own journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my movement is my own responsibility. Right. Yeah. Another really interesting thing about your life is you spent a couple of years pretty much living on the road, traveling to teach and perform and whatnot. What was that mm-hmm. like? That was a gigantic adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of course, it had a lot of ups and downs and yeah. like a lot of really big successes and some flops. And mm-hmm. But it was a big adventure. It was interesting getting to go and dance in all different countries, different cities, mm-hmm. and really feel the difference in like the dialect this like language has. Right. Right. That like tango is a language and every place has its own feel, its own dialect, its own way of doing things. Mm-hmm its own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And so that was, I think, a really big asset mm-hmm. to like go and spend a lot of time in Europe and mm-hmm. feel the difference and start having it change my own dance. Mm-hmm. And then to come back to the States mm-hmm. and incorporate that back into my familiar communities. Yeah. So what led up to the decision to living on the road? When I first started traveling and teaching, mm-hmm. uh, I was working with, my, with James, my mm-hmm. first teacher. Mm-hmm. And when that partnership ended, I took my first trip to Buenos Aires, mm. and um, that was wonderful. And I met my partner who I was working with in Europe. Okay. And he invited me for that first tour in Europe, and that's really what kind of sparked it. The start of the tour was the same time my lease was up, and I just said, 
okay, I'm just going to pack up my stuff and mm -hmm. get rid of as much as I can and just live on the road and go do this, mm -hmm. go on this adventure. Wow. So it started with that, with like my first European tour. And then I just kind of would be a gypsy. I spent <laughs> a lot of work in that time. Um, I would say it allowed me to take more trips that I couldn't really do if I was also paying rent. Mm -hmm. Right. So it gave me a chance to kind of take some risks, just go to a, go to New York and see what happened, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Take these trips to Europe and just like travel around and not have to worry about my place at home. Mm -hmm. So what are some really memorable life lessons or tango lessons that you encountered during that time period? Mm. Probably a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a lot. It was a, an intense period of life, but um, in the end of it, I think I really, I came out missing having that regularity, mm -hmm. not just in my own life, but in my classes and my teaching. So, well, it was really, really wonderful and enlightening to like get to teach people from all different cultures, teaching classes where there's a big language barrier. Mm -hmm. It teaches you a lot mm -hmm. about how to teach and how to communicate and just how to relate to people. And what you learn from that exchange with people is so valuable. But what I missed the most was, was watching my students grow. Yeah. Yeah. Getting to invest in my students, watching them develop. Mm -hmm helping them through different stages of their dance. Mm -hmm. I did that a lot. And so that's what brought me to Portland. Okay. That's what ended, that's what ended the, the three-year nomad mm -hmm. life. Yeah, sounds like a really great adventure. Yeah. yeah, it was a great adventure, but I'm glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so eventually you started the Rose City Tango Academy. So what led up to that? Yeah, yeah well, I moved to Portland. Mm -hmm. um, I had a project with Elizaveta... Nersesova, mm -hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that right, who lives in LA now. Okay. Uh, we had done some classes. We started some stuff up when I moved to Portland. And after that ended, I just, I think a, a big reason I wanted to have a school instead of just my classes mm -hmm. was that I was promoting myself. I hate it. It's easier to promote the school. Okay. So it's a little more like there's some distance there. Mm -hmm. So for me, it, it was kind of a way to make it something outside of myself. Mm-hmm as opposed to just having my classes. Mm -hmm. Come to my classes, I'm great. Instead <laughs> of having a little come to Rose City Tango Academy. Mm -hmm. um, and it was partly inspired by the LA Tango Academy okay. in LA, who are doing really wonderful, wonderful things with their school. Mm -hmm. So it's a little nod. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't um, a really long time ago that you started the Academy. So you... you so that, a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So what's it been yeah. like so far? Um, it's been good. It's had its own its own ups and downs as I've tried to kind of figure out mm -hmm. the best structure and the best schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always really the hardest to bring in brand new people mm -hmm. you know, when you're advertising to the general public. Yeah, because I think that's what we really need in Tango all the time. It's like new people, new people, new people. Yeah, because they always go mm -hmm. eventually. The the pool only gets smaller after the beginners. So I think if you, we can keep feeding the community with new people, mm -hmm. some of them will stick. Yeah. And I'm really obsessed with tango. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you always get a, a couple people who really get bitten by that, that tango mm -hmm. bug and they become addicts. Yeah. 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 So as that the academy is taking shape, uh, I guess right now is a really exciting time because you know, it's, it's you know, starting to take off. So uh, mm -hmm. what, what are some things that have really surprised you? Oh, 
I don't know if anything has really surprised me that much. I guess just the, the difficulty of bringing brand new, of like reaching mm-hmm. brand new people with advertising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like you said about promotion and advertising, because that's a that's a separate challenge apart from from teaching. Um, yeah. and that's just something a lot of you know Tango organizers and teachers are still trying to figure out. There doesn't seem to be a magic bullet for that. So, what are some yeah. yeah? What are some promotional strategies that that have worked for you personally? A lot of friends have had a lot of success with like Facebook ads mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Facebook yeah. has not been my strongest. Yeah, as well as paper flyers. Okay. In the yes. coffee shops when the weather's nicer on the telephone poles. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, that just becomes time consuming. So the more the busier I get teaching, the less time I have for that. So it's kind of it's like always trying to keep that balance. Um, you know, my teaching gets busier. I have less time to do promotion, mm-hmm. which is good until I need to do the promotion again. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, now I'm have more time, and I need to. So it's this kind of ebb and flow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What you said about Facebook, it's 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 funny because it, it, the cool thing about Facebook is that the the price for ads is actually really good. So at the time yeah. for the time being, it's still pretty underpriced, which is great. But yeah, but just creating an effective ad is just like trial and error mm-hmm. because I you know you can read yeah. dozens of articles and they'll tell you different things and yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'll like you know I um, Emma and Richard at the LA Tango Academy were very mm-hmm. good. Uh, resources for me and talk because they've been very successful with their Facebook marketing. Nice. And, you know, trying the same tactics doesn't necessarily work. Right. One thing I learned that I couldn't follow their formula and get the Mm -hmm. same result. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that could be the, you know, the differences between Portland and LA, Mm -hmm. but also, and maybe they, you know, they had very nice quality uh, materials for Mm -hmm. promoting. Mm -hmm that I don't have as nice of materials for promoting. But, you know, I think a lot of it too is just luck. And if the the Facebook metrics kind of work yeah. for you or, or not. Mm-hmm. It's not an exact science. It's something we have to yeah. keep tweaking with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say that's my least favorite part of the job. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. <ya. laughs> hard to get yeah. motivated to really mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Okay, so I want to switch back into uh, our, our, yeah. our more topic that we do like, which is which is teaching. So, Liz, in your in your in your opinion, what are some good ways for advanced students to help the beginner students? Are you speaking in class or for you, or for, for you and yeah. your your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, in class or in yeah all in yeah. However, you want to address it. I think realizing that. The exchange goes both ways, mm-hmm. helps a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not just the advanced students helping the beginners, it's the beginners helping the advanced as well uh, to yeah. maybe be more clear and simplify their communication. Mm-hmm. And yeah, increase sensitivity, increase awareness, become more clear. Uh, like I was having this discussion with a student just the other day Um, When she was saying that, um, because she was having a little um, issue with kind of pushing, pushing as she started to walk, like pushing with the embrace. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, I think it's because I I only ever lead beginners and it's hard to move them. (laughs) And I said, well, you always push on them. They're going to learn to respond to that. So maybe, so instead of taking the quick fix, Mm -hmm. pushing them, you just dig deep into your good technique. Mm. and try to give the clearest, highest quality lead mm. instead of the easiest. I see. 
because that way the beginner won't go, oh, I, I walk when I'm, I'm pushed. They won't think that. They'll think, oh, uh, they'll start to stink up. Oh, they're not going to push me. I move myself. So there's a sense like if you if you kind of create bad technique mm -hmm. in order to dance with a more of a beginner dancer, mm -hmm. that's something to examine yeah. that we don't want to do that because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that's going to encourage bad technique in return, yeah. right? So if we go to a community where I might go and dance and I go, oh man, the the leaders are really pushing on me. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like overpowering me. Mm -hmm. And then I dance with a follower in the same community and I might get, oh, it's really hard to walk. It's really hard to move. Mm -hmm. The follower isn't very responsive. Mm -hmm. They're like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Yep. The followers never move, the leaders start to push. Mm -hmm. And if the leaders always push, the followers get defensive right. and don't move. So it's like they're encouraging each other in their bad habits. Right. So I think like, yeah, whenever, if I ever dance with a beginner, I try not to dig into bad habits just to get a, get a result. Okay. Yeah. So good quality leader follow instead of what's expedient. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, instead of taking the shortcut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to be clear, mm -hmm. keep their technique and make it nice for both without sacrificing the quality. Yeah. So another great thing about tango is that we're free to interpret the music in almost any way we want. But at the same time, that's what makes a dance quite challenging, especially for beginners. So yeah. yeah. So what, what advice do you have for, for beginner students, either leaders or followers, when it comes to just connecting what they're doing to a, in a way that makes sense to the music? I think really getting that compass into your blood. Mm-hmm into your bones so that when we change the rhythm, maybe we go faster or slower, we don't lose that little pulse that mm -hmm. kind of orients us to everything. Yeah. I think that's, you know, getting that, getting that really solid and really just natural. Mm -hmm. Then it's easier to speed up and slow down and stop and all these things mm -hmm. because we can find that, that heartbeat again. Yeah, so you've been to, to Buenos Aires, and I'm sure there are other students who are listening who are also thinking of taking their first trip out there. So what, what advice would you have for students who are thinking of traveling to, uh, to BA? Go for at least two weeks, mm -hmm. <laughs> first off, yeah. because otherwise you're just going to be getting into it when you leave, at least two weeks. Okay. A month is better, but mm. at least two weeks. Try to, I would say try to take classes with teachers of different styles. Mm -hmm. try to like really experiment in terms of the types of teachers, the types of styles and the types of dancers that you then dance with the types of milongas you go to. Mm -hmm. Cause there's so much, there's such a huge variety and you might find something that really resonates with you that you didn't expect mm -hmm. to resonate. With. Mm -hmm. Okay. Liz and all your years of teaching and through your traveling adventures, what have you learned from your own students? Oh, I'm constantly learning from my students. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I don't even know where to begin with that. <laughs> you say, what did I learn from my students? Yeah, what are, or, what are some things you've learned from your own students that come to mind? It's hard to think of really specific things, mm -hmm. but I think I'm constantly, I'm constantly learning from my students when I see how they respond to what I say mm -hmm. or what I do, or, you know, that sometimes things resonate with them that I don't expect to, or things don't resonate with them that I expect to resonate. You know, there's like a, that every student is so unique. Yeah. 
you're going to respond to different types of things. I could maybe I'll say the same type of thing to them over and over and over again. Finally, I say it in the way that it clicks. Yeah. And they said, "Why didn't you ever tell me that before?" And I said, "I'm pretty." <laughs> <laughs> No, I told them, but somehow it just doesn't mm. click because the body needs time. The brain needs time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like kind of getting the right information at the right time mm-hmm. to help something click. Yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll say something in a way that I've never said before, just because I'm searching for new ways to say it. And all of a sudden that's the one that clicks mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm constantly learning from my students just mm-hmm. in how they take my feedback, how they incorporate it. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is something that, that happens to a lot of teachers. Like, you know, how we're, we're kind of looking at our students as we're explaining things and how some students, we think they're not getting into this lesson, but then at the end they come up to you and say, Oh, that was great. Yeah. I had that happen last night. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this, yeah. The people who think they're like, Oh, are they, are they not enjoying this? Mm-hmm. Bored, but maybe that's just their, their thinking face. Yeah. Okay. So Liz, how do you keep challenging yourself? Yeah, as a dancer, I find it it can be hard at times. Learning to lead was a big one for me. Mm-hmm. It helped me to to really expand uh, expand my understanding and give me new goals, different goals mm-hmm. that I really that I really enjoyed, and it really helped me with teaching by myself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I practice, and and I definitely practice my leading more than my following these days. Mm, okay just because of the situation where I, where I am and who I dance with and all these things. Mm-hmm. And that's been nice, but also, you know, I, I, I do miss my own, my own practice sometimes, but it is, mm-hmm. it does get harder to fit in the busier I get. Yeah. Um, but my favorite way, one of my favorite things is my technique class on Monday nights mm-hmm. because I really get out there and I do all the difficult drills with my students. Mm-hmm. So that gives me a little extra kick. Okay to like get up and do do the drills with them, put on the high heels every once in a while mm-hmm. uh, and get that practice in because mm-hmm. it all gives a little, little extra, it's a little extra work to demonstrate the drill. Yeah. Because not only am I doing them, but I'm like trying to sh- want to show them the best way I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you keep challenging yourself as a teacher? That I feel comes naturally mm-hmm. just in from teaching that it's always, because it's always fresh, it's always different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm always thinking of new ways to present material, new ideas that I want to present, that that really seems to, to just come from teaching more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some uh, future plans you have for the Academy? For the Academy? Well, eventually I would love to have my own space. Okay. That's the big ultimate goal mm-hmm. to have a sort of work live space nice. where I could have a school that's big enough for Milonga. That's really the, that's the big goal, hopefully kind of near future. Mm-hmm. And that way I could just offer a little bit more. I could offer, um, you know, more practica in the, during the week or mm-hmm. a, a little longer, um, more classes, that sort of thing. And hopefully maybe expand into some of my older forms, teaching some ballet and yeah. some other, other um, dance classes. Okay. Yeah. So we'll yeah. keep looking out for that and that'll be, that'll be really <laughs> cool. All right, Liz, where do we find out more about you online? RoseCityTangoAcademy.com is mm-hmm. my um, webpage for the school. Mm-hmm. And I also have my Rose City Tango Academy Facebook. Okay. Are my big sources of my inspiration. I'm not 
want to um, post stuff about myself every day, but that's mm -hmm. where you'll find the information. Okay. All right. We'll have that information in our show notes so people will be able to look you right. up. All right, Liz. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time to speak to me. I know you're super busy, but I think the listening audience will really appreciate your thoughts. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay. That was fun. Now, for those of you out there who are new to tango, who are loving it but struggling, don't give up. Liz is somebody who has been dancing since she was little, and even she found tango challenging. So don't ever feel that you're not cut out for this dance. The vast majority of us do not pick up tango right away. So stick with it. You won't be sorry. I also liked what Liz said about individual exercises. They're a great way of developing good technique, and they also encourage personal accountability. If you mess up during an exercise, it's on you, which also means that you are in control of whatever solution to that particular problem may be. And when we were talking about the topic of advanced students helping beginners, I really liked what Liz said about good leading and following. That resorting to the easy solution of getting a less experienced dancer to get moving which typically involves a lot of uncomfortable arm action, uh, may be a short-term fix, but in the long run, it creates bad habits. Instead, as Liz mentioned, it's better to use proper leading and following technique. It may not be easier at first, and at a practica, it may take more time to explain, but in the end, it will be worth it. So thanks again, Liz, for sharing your story and for sharing your thoughts. And of course, thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you haven't already done so, please make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and many other platforms. And go ahead and please take a second to leave a five-star rating and review. That helps a lot. To help keep the podcast going, I'm also accepting donations. You can find a link in the description and on the main podcast page of my website. Okay, you've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.